Welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we talk about Blizzard Entertainment and its games. And it's a special episode because it's both Halloween and it's two days to BlizzCon. So myself, Matt, I'm the host, and also with me, Anne, the magnificent co-host who's been on every show with me. Uh, we're going to talk about BlizzCon and spooky stuff as much as we can. I mean, it really, it's, you know, I mean, the fact that BlizzCon is two days away is kind of spooky in and of itself. Yeah. It's, it's (laughs) crazy how that works. Every year. Yeah. Every year. And yet we're always surprised. I don't know how they do. Jeez though. It's like, it's like every year, every year it's two days. Like the convention is only two days. But in those two days, we get so much stuff that we're writing about it for like months and months. It's great. So yeah, I don't it, mind it, that BlizzCon is right around the corner. We needed things to talk yeah, about. That's true. It's been very, it's been relatively quiet. The thing is, is that what happens is you get a quiet patch. The week or two before BlizzCon, you you end up seeing like you know, not a lot comes out because why would it come out? It's going to come out at the convention. That's why they're having the convention. Yeah, but. Yeah, you know, we didn't it's, do it's the what... whole. Hey, what have you been doing this week? Yeah, because what have you been doing this week? Um, panicking about real life stuff that no one needs to talk about, and uh, playing both WoW and Assassin's Creed Odyssey to the point where I haven't been getting a lot of sleep uh, lately. Pretty insomniac, don't know why. So yeah, WoW and in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is everyone else seems to be playing Red Dead Redemption Two or R Two D Two, as we all seem to be calling it, because that's what I thought it was. Man, okay, I was so happy that I wasn't the only one because it took me, like, all weekend long, people were talking about, oh, yeah, this whole thing and R2-D2 and da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, okay, and just kind of glossing over it because it's Twitter mentions. I'm like, huh, I didn't know there was a new Star Wars game out. Okay. And then somebody else was talking about horses, and I'm like, horses in a Star Wars game? It wasn't until Monday when I sat and I really looked at what was being said that I realized it was RDR2, which is Red Dead Redemption 2. And had I been, you know, thinking, I would have realized that, like, right at the onset. Because I knew it was coming out. Everybody was talking about it. But, yeah, um, the shorthand that they chose for that game is a little unfortunate and sometimes confusing. If you if you're just scanning really fast and you see you know it just, R D R two yeah yeah right over it it's just my my brain does the same thing when I see it I think R two D two I I started thinking like I started merging it in my head as like this western about R two D two you know R two D two is wandering around the west okay sure why not I was I was perfectly willing to accept the whole oh there's a new Star Wars game because of course there is I mean. Come on, they're coming out with all kinds of Star Star Wars stuff all the time, so I wouldn't be surprised if there was a game. Now, a game about R2-D2, that's weird. What would that game be about? Well, I guess I could find some interesting story elements, because, you know, origins of R2-D2, da-da-da-da-da, what's he been up to, that kind of thing, blah, 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 blah. All right, I guess you could, like, maybe find something in all of that. I mean, I am no Star Wars expert, I just kind of know the stuff i watch the movies i find the movies fun because they are and that's that's about as far as i go into it but when they started bringing up horses that's when i was like something's not right here i'm not understanding something fundamental to what everybody is saying because none of this makes sense (laughs) but yeah i've i've basically been getting ready for the blizzcon onslaught in terms of like 
you know, what we're going to get, what we're not going to get. And in the meantime, I've been taking it easy for a while because half of my guild is heading to BlizzCon anyway. Uh. So they're not... You know, they're not going to be around tomorrow anyway. Nobody in my so guild can... is going, but that's because I'm the only person in my guild. So... Well, there you go. <laughs> it's all or nothing with your guild. <laughs> no, yes. I actually... Um, my horde character, my horde rogue, is level 119 now. I have finished all of the story content for all three zones and did the whole Zandalar Forever scenario thing. And I have to say, first off... I was delighted that I didn't have to do a mythic to get to that point. <laughs> yeah, that that is nice. <laughs> I was kind of annoyed because I'm like, wait, I had to like, I had to, I had to be 120, and I had to go do a mythic before I could finish all of this stuff. I'm not 120, but I can go finish the horde stuff. Okay, but then I was like, well, this isn't as long as involved a process as what was going on on the Alliance side, like there aren't as many steps involved. However, Voldoon, man, Voldoon is weird and there's a lot going on there. And there's, there's, there's a few different regions in Zandalar where I'm like, huh, that's weird. I need to look into that more. So yeah, I have like a few different theories that are kind of percolating right now that I need to like do more research on. But yeah, Voldoon in particular has some stuff going on in it that I remember thinking, what the heck is this? There's some bizarre stuff going on out there. Um, Shibala in South Zoldazar, that's also a really interesting area to me right now. Um, I just released, uh, there, like, I think in the last hour or so, a gallery went live where I was talking about like the different skeletons in, in World of Warcraft and um, like the history behind a bunch of the different like major skeletal figures and things like that. Uh, Shibala, I mentioned Shibala in there, um, but it's a zone, but it's also the skeleton of a devil sword that is mind-bogglingly big to think about because it's like that entire region is just that thing's skull and neck bone. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, if that's all that that was, how big was the rest of it? Hmm. And there's just some stuff going on with that in particular where I'm like, huh, that sounds weirdly familiar and bizarre. And I need to dig more into that. No pun intended. Haha. <laughs> Archaeology. Anyway. So yeah, that's what I've been mostly doing is just like playing the alt and getting the alt through stuff. And I've been having a lot of fun. Like the horde side of things is really fun. Voldoon. You know how when you got to Stormsong and Colterius and it was like the first half was pretty cool and then it just kind of lagged? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I didn't get that in Voldoon. It was like, I didn't get that in any of the Horde zones. They were just kind of like a wild ride right from the beginning to the end. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I can't really say which side I like better because I liked them both for different reasons. They're just two very different experiences. I don't know. I think for me, a Drustvar... Is still possibly my favorite zone in this expansion. I do but like Dressbar. Voldoon and Nazmir are both near the top for me. Uh, I haven't finished Zoldazar, so I don't really... I wouldn't know what to say about Zoldazar that Zoldazar is very good. It's yeah, very, very good. Both Voldoon and Nazmir are really good zones. I think it would, for me, the top would, would be Dressbar, then Voldoon and Nazmir, then... Um, why can't I think of the name of the third zone in the Alliance side? Because it's one of the ones I really like. Oh, Tearsguard. Because Tearsguard is, it feels like three zones to me. 
like the south part feels like a completely different zone than the north part, which feels like a different part from the northeast part, like the part around um, the city. So, and I, I just, in general, I feel like Terra's Guard's an interesting zone that I, I liked playing in quite a bit. But Drusfar is absolutely my favorite. You mean like, Terra Guard? Terra Guard, yeah. I keep saying Terra's Guard, don't I? To, you Sorry. said Terra's Guard, which is like Terra's Fall, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get it all mixed up all the time, too, so don't worry about it. Yeah, Terra Guard's one of my favorites. I can't really decide which zone is my favorite out of all of them. I do I do have to say I have a soft spot for Terra Guard just because um, Flynn is one of my standout favorite characters from this expansion. <laughs> I just, I, I like doing adventures with the guy. He's such, he he's such a charming idiot. <laughs> yeah, he, he, does, he does a dash of the Han Solo about him without being yeah. terrible about it. Yeah, and, uh, I, but, and I like plus, him Plus, I mean, I'm... I'm huge on uh on Talia. I think she's one of my favorites this expansion. Yeah, she's fantastic and she's got too. she's got a heavy presence. She's got a heavy presence in Stormsong, which helps. The Stormsong main plot is still one of my favorites. I think the Stormsong main plot is great. The problem with Stormsong is that it then has enough left in the zone that has nothing to do with the main plot that it's like got another complete zone. Actually, I would say that Stormsong. The the thing about Stormsong is I like a lot of its component parts, but there's nothing gelling them together. And I feel like there really could have been at least the big Ashara plot over on the coast and then the big Stormsong plot that involves Ashara over on the other side. Those should have been married together better. There should have been a connection between them other than, oh, hey, it's Ashara again. But uh, I don't think at this point I'm spoiling anything by saying that. So No, I don't think you are. I think um, to me Stormsong feels a little bit like um, Oldham. In Cataclysm, where you had the one half with the kitty cat people that was really fascinating and kind of cool and interesting and fun. And then you had the half with Harrison Jones that was good for like a hot five minutes and then you got real bored with it. See, I don't I don't feel like that because I I have real big structural problems with all of them that I could sit down and really detail. Well, yeah. And I but feel I like mean, with, it, it with feels Storm same, Song... When I say it feels the same kind of way, I mean, the reason... It feels the same kind of way as one half is very, very interesting and the other half is kind of like, eh, well, it's there. See, I, my problem with Stormsong is that I don't feel like it has, like, two halves. I feel like it's got a big main plot and then it's just like, there's just so much stuff being thrown at you that has nothing to do with anything. It's like, guys, what happened? Did you did you forget you had a zone and then you had to cobble together a bunch of storylines? Because none of these make any sense. Why are they here? Like it's it, it almost feels a lot like classic WoW, like where you go to a place and just like the wetlands. Remember how the wetlands was all broken up into weird stuff? Oh, geez, yes. It, like that. That's the wetlands. The storm song feels like the wetlands again, where it's like, hey, here's a quarry where there's some dinosaurs. What? Why are there dinosaurs in this quarry? Never mind that. Here's a quarry with some with some Titan technology. What, why are we doing Titan? Tit- Never mind that. Here's an area with a bunch of orcs who want to kill everybody. Oh, oh no, what? orcs. Oh, also, by the way, dragons. <laughs> yeah, those are north, though. But, but dragons? What, what are we, and in between on? those is radioactive ooze that we don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it's around a tomb, and that's important. And plant I, people. But, There's plant people yeah. there, too. They're very unhappy. <laughs> Don't get don't get too caught up in the plant plant people because dark irons are coming. Wait, dark irons are coming from where? What? <laughs> yeah. But forget the dark irons. Well, why are we forgetting the dark irons? Murlocs. Murlocs. What? Oh wait, I'm sorry. Forget the Murlocs. Pirate ghosts. There are pirate ghosts. Yes, there are. Literal I'm not pirate just ghosts. I swear. 
Yes. And on the coast. touch them for too long because you'll turn into one. But maybe that's a good thing because it's an underwater breathing bath. I don't know. <laughs> just that's, that's how Stormsong felt to me. And, like that, and on just... top of that, like, on top of that, you have the not not necessarily in-game story element of whatever Horde character decided to camp out on the Menethil docks yeah, well, and yeah, murder that's... people that were trying to get to Theramore. <laughs> yeah, there, there is that as well, yes. Um, <laughs> back in the day when the dock was intact, so you could, like, actually fight on it. Yeah. Or, for that matter, sometimes the dock... You, sometimes you were stuck on the dock because the boat just wasn't showing up. Yeah. And eventually they'd have to put in Captain Placeholder again to, until they fixed the boats. That was always fun. But none of this has anything to do with anything else. So let's talk about this week, even though we don't really have a ton of top stories to talk about. Um, like we said, BlizzCon this week. Uh, one of the posts we had on the site was by Tyler talking about the difference between the WoW Classic demo and actual Classic WoW. Like what people are... People now have downloaded the demo and they've data yeah. mined through it they've cracked the client and all that which they weren't supposed to do but they did it anyway because of course they did um and they were talking about like the differences between classic classic and what we're getting you guys we were never going to get classic classic the way it was 10 years ago because technology has advanced enough in that time that that stuff that we had back then isn't going to run on today's technology yeah. in the you same would way. Need a, you would need an emulator to run yeah. the 2004 program that was designed to run, I think, on Windows 7. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I need like I need an emulator if I want to run like Warcraft 3 or something. You know, it's, it's not it's only not. only four years more advanced, guys. It's it, this is technology that is significantly old i i think in order to run servers for it blizzard would have had to go back and find old server blades yeah but they from got rid of all to, of those yes they auctioned <laughs> those off to charity so they would have been like black ops teams coming into people's houses to get that you know so, so yeah they're running this on new computers they're using the the current game client the current game engine the to infrastructure run it. and and things that they have built because it needs to run on the same thing it just it needs to run on the same thing. It needs to be compatible with the launcher. It needs to be like the backbone has to be the current backbone with the old game on top of it. So some things are going to look a little different. Yeah, probably. And significantly better, to be completely honest with you guys. Come on, let's let's not kid ourselves. I imagine the trees look a lot nicer. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? The trees in classic. It's like you walked around them. They were just like these flat panes that were kind of bisecting each other. It was like this yeah, is a tree you, shape. There's there's a certain there's a certain nostalgia to that, obviously. But yeah, a lot of the stuff in classic was designed so that you could. It looked great from a distance on the ground, but if you got above it or behind it or around it, you suddenly looked ridiculous. Like um, Stormwind comes to mind. Original Stormwind. You could fall through Stormwind super easy. And the it cathedral didn't have... was just a series of flat panes. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't really there. You can um, actually kind of... of see similar to what it looked like if... Well, no, I don't know if you can get... If you can get above Silvermoon, you can see kind of what it looked like. Because if you go above Sim Silvermoon... And I'm not saying how to get there, but there's some climbing things that you can do. And there's some cheaty things you can do to climb up on top. Uh, you'll see that everything is made of like 
these flat panes that are just kind of stacked together in a way that suggests depth and three-dimensionality, which is really very clever. And it was very clever back in the day. Would it work today? No, not if you want to fly. <laughs> yeah, it, it's for an example of, of the kind of thing we're talking about. To this day, you can still end up falling through the world at Stratholme instead of entering the instance. You kind of have to cheese it, but it can be done. If you do that, you end up in a world that is beneath Stratholme. And when you it's do that... weird. Yeah, it's weird, and you can definitely see that a lot of the objects are basically just far off in the distance and not at all what you think they are. Um, and that's the, kind of, that's the kind of trickery they use to build the world because they could, and there was no negative side. Flight wasn't even in, like, a dream. Nobody had even thought of flight at that point. Nobody had flying mounts. Nobody had thought to have flying mounts. The way that you flew was you got on a flight path, and it took you through a predetermined path that would take you around the scenery so that you couldn't see past all of the trickery. That's why the flight paths were the way they were. That's yeah. why they were curved. That's why they went in strange directions, because they didn't take you. You didn't just fly you just, straight through. You know, it wasn't just for the whole oh, here, have a scenic flight. It was because if they had flown you, you know, as the crow flies, <laughs> you'd be looking down and going, huh, that's weird. Why does that tree cut off in the middle? Huh. What, why is that mountain, why is there only one side to that mountain? Wow, what is that vast expanse of gray nothing behind that building? That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like one example of it that I remember being people talking about was when the flight pass would bug out um, when you were flying from uh, Orgrimmar to um, not Tenaris, south of Tenaris to uh, Gadgetzan. No, that is Tenaris. Yeah, that is when, Tenaris. When yeah, when you're flying from Orgrimmar to Gadgetzan, um, if it bugged out and flew you straight through Thunder Bluff, you would know Thunder Bluff used to float. It wasn't actually on anything. It was no, just floating there. No, it was just up there. there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the reason you couldn't tell was because, again, the, they set it up so that the only ways to get there were certain land approaches and to the elevator. You could, like, ride up on a couple of paths, and those paths, it looked like it was it was hanging up on the ro on the rocks, and you could take the elevator. Under Orgrimmar like was kind of fun, too. <laughs> yeah. So none of that stuff, it's going to look different because they are using the new engine. Um, one of the things I thought was really interesting, um, did you did you watch any of the videos or look at any of it? No, I haven't had a chance to. One of the things that I thought was really interesting was how how strange it is. Like, there's this weird quality to it where you look at it and it's like, it's not quite what you remember. And you can't tell if it's because you don't remember it properly or because they've changed it to, to make it work with the new engine. Uh, Elwyn in particular, I was just like, I don't know. I, I honestly wanted to like... One of the reasons I'm I'm hoping, you know, my wife's got the uh, the virtual ticket. I'm hoping to get a chance to use hers is because I want to get on the demo and just walk around Elwyn because it's yeah. just fascinating to me. And Westfall. Yeah, Westfall. I'd, like to, I'd like to run around Westfall in a place that doesn't have, like, you know, a tornado in the middle of it. And I'd yeah. like to go through the Barrens without the big, like, just the Barrens as the Barrens. The all original Barrens, yeah. Yeah. That's going to be weird. <laughs> the Barrens was such a sizable zone. It, it was. It really was. It was one of the biggest zones in the game. I mean, it was like three or four other zones worth the size. 
I was and, always kind of a little bit annoyed with it when, because I, my first character was an alliance character. I played a night elf druid. And then my second character, I made a horde undead priest because I really wanted to be OP. And that was the best way to do it. <laughs> but like, I remember on alliance when you leveled, even, even when you were leveling like as a night elf, you had like all of Teldrassil and then you had Darkshore and you had, you had like a variety of different sections and zones to go through. And then when you went to Horde, it was like, here is a desert wasteland. Have fun being there for like 20 levels. <laughs> what really got me about that was if you started as Orc, uh, Tauren, or Troll. Yeah. Especially Orc or Troll. You were Orcs or Trolls were in Razor Hill. They were in Durotar for their starting 10 levels or so. Which was basically and... like a mini Barrens. Yeah, Dur- Durotar was a was a red desert. Then you'd yeah. go over to the Barrens, and it was like now it's a kind now of it's dusty a yellow grassland. desert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then you went down the Thousand Needles, and it's still a desert. It's like now it's a desert with like you know tall standing rocks in it. The it's one like, thing oh my I God. learned immediately about leveling any kind of horde character over on Kalimdor was just just get used to never seeing grass ever, <laughs> unless you start in Mulgore. You're going to Mulgore want to go to Storm was, Talon, but Mulgore Storm Talon is going to be bad. Mulgore yeah. was eye-opening, and it was because if you started as a troll or an orc, it was desert, 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 right? If you started yeah. as a Forsaken, it was, here's this putrid landscape. If you started as a tauren, it was, here is the most idyllic green hills you have ever seen. By the way, there's a bunch of angry pigs all over the place. But beyond that, it was beautiful, yeah. right? That was, in fact, the case, yes. Because well, my first Horde character was a Tauren, so yeah. Back then, it, it wasn't like... You basically started with the, the, the Quillbore right away. Like They were right there. You fought them at like levels 1 to 5 until you got out of the uh Well, yeah, because you went to the area. well, and the lady at the well was like, Hey, the Quillbores are making off with our water. Can you go do something about that? And you're like, yeah, sure. I'm level, you know, 2. But I can do that. <laughs> I was so heartbroken when I logged in after Cataclysm and everything that had happened to the Torrent starting zone. I was just like, it was all of these friendly characters that I just wanted to hug and most of them were dead. And I was really upset. Yeah, they have the funeral for the lady at the well. Yeah. That's kind of sad. Yeah. She was like one of my first memories of, you know, when you play a Torrent character, she's like one of the first people you talk to is you go talk to her. So yeah, um, we've been talking about classic for a while though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We are, we have been, uh, but you know, since we're talking about BlizzCon, Liz wrote an article basically about what to expect when you go to BlizzCon and the ways to prepare for it, and it was a pretty good article. Um, basically, this is a big con and it gets bigger every year. Yeah, uh, and I've never it's been not to just it. World of Warcraft, although we talk a lot about World of Warcraft, but there's a bunch of other things that are going to be going on on a bunch of different stages simultaneously so yeah first off get used to the fact you are not going to get to see all of it if you're going to blizzcon this year you're not going to get to see all of it that's the virtual ticket is your friend if you get a chance to get that because um, i think if you you buy the ticket you still get it when you buy the ticket you automatically get a virtual ticket which is fantastic take advantage of that and what i recommend for people that are going to blizzcon particularly if it's your first time don't try and see everything because it's just not going to happen and you're going to be miserable what you should do is you should go through the schedule 
pick out the panels that you really want to see in person and the people that you really want to see in person and make sure that you schedule time for those. Because most of the other panels, like the majority of the other panels, they're going to be available on the virtual ticket anyway. So you can go back and you can watch them later. No big deal. But you can only be there in person once. So, you know, choose. Just make some deliberate choices about what you want to see. And also make sure that you, you know, make time to go eat and, yeah. and drink water. <laughs> One of the points, <laughs> like, take a break. Yeah. One of the points Liz made was comfortable shoes, which if you've ever been to any convention, that's absolutely necessary, especially with a big one that uses up the entirety of the of the convention center at this point. Yeah, You're going to be moving around. The heels. The only people that are going to be wearing heels are the cosplayers. So you leave that. Don't. Them. Yeah. Leave it to them because, yeah, you, you just want to be comfortable. The convention center there is gigantic and it's bigger than it was the last time I went to it because there's like a whole nother wing there that was added last year um, so it's a lot of space to cover and you're going to be running back and forth all over the place all day for like two days straight so comfortable shoes make sure you drink a lot of water don't let yourself get dehydrated because that's it's really easy to do um, and make sure that you eat something, like take time to go eat something. There's usually food trucks parked outside. The food trucks are a lot better option than trying to get food in the convention center because there's always really long lines no matter where you go in the convention center. And they charge you like six times what anything is actually worth. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> generally speaking, you can try and take care of yourself. Uh, I'm going to just really fast point this one out for people. Wash your hands a lot. Like as much as you can without getting your skin to crack, wash your hands because hand you sanitizer just, people... is a blessing. <laughs> yeah. This is how people get sick at cons every year just because you meet so many people. It's almost impossible if there's a cold or flu or any kind of con crud in the atmosphere. It's almost impossible to avoid it. But you can really cut down on stuff by, you know, washing your hands routinely, keeping yourself, you know, as clean as possible. It, it, it really does help. Um, it's I usually, just if you ever mention, you know, that this is something that happens. I manage to avoid con crud. I don't know how I manage to avoid it, but I do manage to avoid it. Number one, rigorous hand washing. Number two, keep some hand sanitizer on you just in case. And number three, I used to like do the whole, um, oh, what are those things that you take for the airplane? It's like emergency or something like that. It's like a vitamin C tablet thing that you put in water. Oh, yeah, I know. Drink. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So like... I would I would have one of those in the morning. Whether or not that's actually had any kind of effect, I don't know. All I know is I never managed to pick up the con crud. So that was like, I'm like, okay, that's my thing. Drink a lot of juice. Maybe, maybe avoid touching a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to sound, not, I'm not saying become a hermit, seal no. yourself in a hermetic suit. No. You know, you put, don't need to put do, bags you in your hands. You don't need to go that far, but it's just be aware that there are a lot of people from a lot of different regions all around the globe, and some of them are probably sick, and you just don't want to catch it. That's all. Yeah. But yeah, BlizzCon is a huge thing. I've Next year, I'm going to figure out a way to go. I don't know how, but somehow I will. What are you looking but, forward to the most? Because I'm looking forward to the costume contest. I'm sorry. I love it. Every year, I love it. The costume contest is cool. I usually watch and go, how did they build that? Yeah, that's I, why I, remember, I love like, it. <laughs> what was the one? There was somebody had like a, I, I want to say a mantid, like one of the, the big complicated mantid costume I remember Empress one year. Empress Shakespeare. For Shakespeare, I remember that going, holy cow, that thing's crazy. 
seeing that um, so it was that was phenomenal like it was a phenomenal costume and i was so upset that it got broken because if you saw the photos of it like fully built oh my gosh that thing was amazing um yeah people yeah. people pull off some crazy crazy stuff most cosplayers are more than happy to stop for a photograph but try not to like you know mob them if they look like they're going to go get something to eat or they look like they're you know in the middle of a conversation with somebody or on their way to somewhere maybe don't bug them <laughs> especially if the eating because that that doesn't happen very often yeah especially in the some of the outfits people are wearing it's hard to get them off to <laughs> let eat them, in let, them let them have food <laughs> but yeah I, I i like this they always do something like they'll do voice panels and so forth they started putting those on the virtual ticket which is great because i love yeah. watching those yeah um but they do really cool voice panels they'll do behind the scenes stuff um art panels art panels are always great um the what's next are always fun for me because you know even if you even if it's not a big deal even if the game hasn't going to be doing a whole heck of a lot anytime you get a what's next you get to look at like concept stuff and stuff they're talking about that's always good so for me it's that kind of thing the what's next panels are always even on years where i'm like oh they're not going to have a whole lot to talk about they always manage to drop something in the middle of it that makes me go what yeah Every yeah, year. Every yeah. year. <laughs> um, for an example of a game that you never really think about having that kind of thing, uh, Hearthstone almost always has great panels and does great stuff. Um, it's it's sad that Ben Brode's not there anymore because one of the highlights for one of the BlizzCons for me was when Ben Brode ran a basic dungeon crawl at a panel during BlizzCon. So I'm looking forward to that seeing what... That was so much fun. Yeah, let's see what Hearthstone team does this year. I'm looking forward to that. I don't There's, even play Hearthstone, and I'm, yeah. I'm charged for that. Hearthstone is likely going to announce its uh, final expansion for this year. Um, so keep an eye on that, because Hearthstone... The Hearthstone team, they're wacky, and they're fun, and they're really funny. And it's just... I, I like what... It's a joy to watch them, because they're also incredibly enthusiastic about what they're doing. Um, and, and happy to be there and happy to be showing off all of the new stuff and things like that. So watching their panels is always like, it's just kind of a joyful experience. I don't know. I appreciate it. But, um, you know, since since we don't really have much more news-wise to talk about, let's talk about what we think is going to happen at BlizzCon. Um, we've been told to watch our expectations and manage them and all that, but I'm not going to do that this year. I'm going to predict that I want. The, the fact of the matter is, is that we have the opening ceremonies and right after the opening ceremonies is usually when they do the what's next panel for the big thing, right? Yep. Whether it's like World of Warcraft or Overwatch or whatever. The first what's next panel after the opening ceremonies is Diablo. It's the first one, isn't it? Oh uh, Yeah, I believe you were right. It's the mm -hmm. one right after the opening ceremonies. If that's the one that's right after the opening ceremonies, they're announcing something, and I don't know what it is, but there's something, <laughs> okay? And I know, I know that they released that whole news release, and they were like, guys, you know, we'll show you stuff when it's ready. Don't get your expectations too high, da 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 da, -da. But come on. I mean, come on. The timing. Like, really? There's got to be something there. There's got to be something good there. Maybe not Diablo 4, but there's got to be something really that's just going to blow our socks off. I don't know. I don't think that they would follow up the opening ceremony with the Diablo What's Next panel unless they had something to showcase. I'm yeah, just that, saying. 
And I don't think it can just be the Switchboard. I'm no. sorry. I, I, the Switchboard is cool, and I'm but totally we've happy known for about him that to have... since. We've yeah, known that's not that. news. It's not. I mean, it's great, and I'm sure they'll have demos at the convention. I'm totally stoked for it. But yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna announce something. I don't know what. Um, I, my prediction is up front we're gonna get a Mike Morheim tribute. That's my big prediction. There will be a, a big thing for Mike Morheim because it's gonna be weird. He used to give the keynote every year. I know. I'm sad. I'm not sad because don't get me wrong. Like the people that they have brought in and the people that are, you know, following in in Morheim's footsteps, they're great. They're wonderful. I'm sure they're going to do a fantastic job, you know, continuing to carry the torch or whatever. It's just Morheim's always been there. (laughs) So it's kind of like, oh, and it's like that. It's, (laughs) I had the same, oh, when, you know, when Metzen left, it was like, oh, no. Yeah. I mean, the, that's a really good example because Metzen, they people did pick, come in and step in and, and continue on, but nobody nobody did it like Metzen did, and that's no. not going to happen with Morheim either. You're not going to have somebody who comes in like Morheim did. And I mean, he's done. I remember like some of the speeches Morheim did. No one was ever going to accuse Mike Morheim of being like a charismatic speaker, but he had a sincerity to him and a, a like an open frankness that really made those keynotes interesting in in a different way. So I'm I'm looking, I'm going to miss him being there. I'm going to miss him just talking to the crowd of people like, you know, hey, guys, this is cool, isn't it? And we'll see what we get. But I definitely expect there will be a tribute to him right up front uh, because, you know, th- this will be the first one without him. So I'm expecting something. He was, he was like, and I, 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 hate, I hate saying was because it's like, it's not like the dude died. He just retired, right? Yeah, and he's still around somewhere. Yeah, he's still, I think he's still acting as like a consultant or whatever. I'm not sure. Like he's on in some kind of co- consultant capacity, but he's like, he has stepped down and he has kind of, you know, removed himself from the scene as it were. But like when I was at BlizzCon, one of my favorite things was when you were walking around the Hilton lobby after BlizzCon invariably you would find Mike Morheim down there milling with people and just being really friendly and enthusiastic and he was just happy to meet everybody and talk to everybody like he was just the friendliest guy right so that Mm -hmm. was kind of one of the highlights Um, it was always one of the highlights I don't know it's just going to be weird without him there (laughs) but I mean we talked about we've already talked a little bit that we hope something's going to happen to Diablo I'm going to just straight up say this I'm still hoping they're going to announce Diablo 4. I know, me too. I, but I like, get, I get, We've gotten the speech. We've been warned. If it doesn't happen, I'm not going to cry or anything like that. But I want them to prove the me timing, wrong. the timing. The timing yeah. of that. What's next? Pan- There's something. Mm, I don't know. Please, I'm, I'm going to say this. Please don't, don't announce Diablo 76. <laughs> if, it's, if it's a battle royale, I mean, I'm just not really there. I, I, I'm kind of hoping, but... Whatever they announce, seeing the I don't know, I'm just I'll just mention this seeing the Netflix tests for uh Henry Cavill as Geralt. Have you seen those today? Oh, oh, sadly, yes. Uh. Seeing those makes me think that we could get the Diablo Netflix announcement. It just and made that me would be sad. Cool because the... I'm sorry, it made me sad. Did you like those? Did you like how he looked? Did you? I don't, I don't care about The Witcher enough to have an opinion. Oh, I'll be see, honest. I have I have opinions. You shouldn't have brought this up because I like have opinions about The Witcher. And my first opinion of that was, wow, what street did he find that wig laying on? Because it's terrible. It's a makeup <laughs> test. So, you know, I'm not 
I am not expecting it to look right. He didn't have the stubble either. He didn't have the and, you stubble. Know, he didn't have any of the Geralt grit. without stubble. He honestly though, it was a really great Lego loss test. <sighs> like he looked really good for the Lord of the Rings TV show. He, I mean, it's like he picked up somebody's like somebody's Targaryen wig from last year and plopped it on his head. It just did not look right. I'm sorry. Yeah, but that's fine. I, okay, I, moving I on. Yes, Diablo, Netflix. Yes, I would be all for that. I honestly, one of the things, Castlevania season two is coming out. I mean, it's would be a good time to announce it, and a Diablo could definitely work in the vein of a Castlevania type series. Um, it would definitely be worthwhile. I think it would certainly be interesting enough for me to want to. I think it'd be cool. I would be happy with it. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I would call that like the big announcement or whatever, but if it's like, if it's that, that's okay. I'm okay with that. I feel like if they did, a, it could be in a case where instead of having one big announcement, we get a bunch of small announcements that could happen. It could be, you know, Diablo is getting this and this and this and this, and maybe together it adds up. I don't know. Um, we know that the World of Warcraft Diablo announcement is Diablo 2 Remastered, about, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Um, quite frankly, I feel like they do Diablo 2 Remastered, they need to do it. Like, that. that's one that they're going to have to work real hard on, because people yeah. love Diablo 2. So. Yeah. You need to make that one distinct and look like it needs to look as much like an updated Diablo 2 as possible. It can't look like Diablo 3. Yeah. I love Diablo 3, but it can't look like Diablo 3. Yeah. It has to look like an, up, an upgraded Diablo 2. But uh, one of the things about, I mean, they've talk, already said they're not going to be talking about 8.1 at BlizzCon. No. BlizzCon is about past 8.1. Um, 8.1 is. comes after. Yeah. 8.1 is probably, in my opinion, might come out as early as next week. Um, I would expect it not for another week or two after that, but the fact that they're not even going to talk about it says to me that they're that, that thing is as ready as that they're going to get it. And they're just I think that they the are wrapping release. it up, and I'm thinking that they probably aren't going to release it next week because that would be right after BlizzCon, and yeah, I know that they need the time entire, off after. It. I was going to say the entirety of the staff over there at Blizzard, like everybody has their fingers in the pot of what goes on at BlizzCon. Everybody there works their butts off to make that convention happen. And once it's all done and over with, I feel like they should all just like take a week off and sleep. Honestly, (laughs) the poor guys, they, they work, they work really, really hard. They work really, really hard. And every year it's a fantastic experience. And um, I can't really stress that enough, but I don't see them dropping a major patch for world of Warcraft on the heels of BlizzCon. I would see maybe like two weeks, two weeks at the earliest. Two weeks seems more likely because here's the thing. This convention won't actually be over till Sunday. Like it, it goes Friday to Saturday, but then they have to do stuff for the entirety of Saturday and Sunday. They break stuff down and everything. Yeah. Yeah. They will still be working. They will still be working on the convention site well into Monday, Tuesday at the earliest. And to then drop a patch that day, no, no, you, you can't. So I wouldn't be, but it, I definitely think it's going to drop in November. That is, I'm saying it right oh, now. Oh, absolutely. Like without question. And so knowing that we're going to get what's coming after 8.1, that they're already going to talk about it, implies to me that they have that already to, ready to go to the PTR. Like that. I feel like good, what's going to happen here is we're going to get 8.1, right? And 8.1 mm-hmm. is going to be out for like a week, maybe two, and then they're going to drop the PTR for whatever comes next. Or they, yeah. I don't 
know. They might let us, because we are leading into November, December, and the holidays and all of that, they might let us sit and play with 8.1 for a while, and then after the holiday break, come back uh, and immediately, like, as soon as January 2nd kicks yeah, do in. You remember, do you remember Mists when they did that? Like, when yeah. they have, like, the PTR, they dropped, uh, oh, I want to say they dropped something in November, and then they had the, uh, the Throne of Thunder testing started in January. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, I feel like we're kind of on a Mists of Pandaria schedule here. Yeah. It's not a little quite bit. the same as Legion, but it feels more like Mists of Pandaria where it's fairly it's, regular. It's kind of in between Legion and Mists of Pandaria. I think it's spaced out well enough. Yeah. Um, no, I think that, I think that dropping 8.1 in like the first or second week of November, I think that that's fine. I think that that's spaced out enough that, you know, everybody has had a chance to go play through all of the stuff that was with the initial release and now they can focus on 8.1. And yeah, I, I just, I feel like, because I know that most of the employees at Blizzard, they do take a substantial amount of time off over the holidays because they take time off over Thanksgiving and then they take time off over Christmas and New Year's, which is warranted and well-deserved. But it also means that, you it's know. Hard to do a, it's hard to drop anything major during well, that period and, of time. And I think part of it too is they don't want to drop like a brand new PTR or something when everybody else, like all of their player base, is also trying to enjoy the holidays. Yeah, like, Christmas they, season is really hard on playing in general. It, they they would rather not. have, you know, they would rather ha- let players go home, you know, be with their families, do whatever rating in 8.1 if they want to do that and not worry about the new stuff until, you know, you come back in the new year and you're raring and ready to go for new stuff. So I don't know. Um, I don't know what we're going to see. I, I really don't because it's like, yeah, we have no what's, idea. Beyond, what's beyond Tides of Vengeance? Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> We won't, we won't have any idea until... They, <laughs> Journey they, to the Sunken City. Give it to me. Okay, anyway. I don't think you're going to get that in 8.2. Like, no. I think if that's coming, that's going to be the Argus of the expansion. I think that'll be like next fall. Like Gamescom. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, like I'm not sense. making any predictions here. Yes, I am. We're going to Neolatha. We have to. <laughs> we have to. We have to go find Nazoth. We have to go run around in the Sunken City. We have to go mess around with all of those horrible, horrible, horrible things that the puzzle of puzzle box of Yogg-Zeron has been babbling at us about since Wrath. I want to see all of it. Please. Thank you. Well, let's talk really fast about the rumor that's going on in terms of what we're going to get in terms of allied races. Um, I don't know if you've seen oh. it, but the, the rumor is, and this is a rumor, this isn't confirmed in any way. This is just what people have been saying. Uh, but the rumor is that the alliance is going to get mechanomes, and the horde are going to get Vol- you know the, the the fox people Volpera. Um, what would you feel like if that is what happens? How would you feel about that? Why mechanomes? I don't really know. Other what than a the, weird choice. People have been saying that because there's the terrors there's a terrors I want to say terror sound terror guard sound terror guard terror guard there's yeah. the terror guard sound place where there's the gnome town that just vanished, and there's a whole bunch of like robotic stuff in it. Yeah, I mean, I guess I see that. And I also, I mean, they're adding a bunch of new, like, robotic pets and things like that in 8.1 that have been data mined, like, different models for robotic stuff, like, engineering stuff, which, I mean, I guess, but I don't really, I don't know. I just, I don't see it necessarily. Does it feel to you like it doesn't have anything to do with the expansion? Because that's kind of how I feel. It, 
it doesn't feel like there's enough of a tie-in. The fact that there's like one spot in a single zone that has stuff that might reflect towards that is like, well, okay, but I don't see that happening. I think if I saw anything, it would be like the Volpera going to the Horde, obviously, and maybe like a, a section of the Sethrak going to the Alliance where they got like snake people. Um, I know a lot of people have been saying, oh, the Tortolan are going to be like Alliance or whatever. I don't think the Tortolan are going to be an allied race at all. I think the Tortolan are perfectly happy doing their own thing. And I think that if they were to like, well, number one, I don't think that the Tortolan race, it's so long lived and they've been around for so long and they've seen so many wars and conflicts and everything else. And if you ever talk to any of the Tortolan NPCs, the automatic first impression that you get is that they are just done with everybody's bull. Like they just, they they no, they don't care. They don't want to get involved in all of that. They have their own things to think about. They have their own traditions that they follow. They have their own things to do. And they really don't care about this whole alliance and horde thing. Like there's I I, I the only thing that I would see them doing is maybe at some point in the future pulling a Pandaria where, you know, they pick which side they want to go with. But even then, that's like a slim, slim thing and I don't wanna... see it happening, you know? You know the the one race I've been thinking about in terms of valid race that nobody seems to be talking. What Drost? Okay, I was gonna say you just and cut here, off. So like, <laughs> for me, the one race I've been thinking about is the Drost in terms of allied races that no one's talking about. Ooh. You get enough Drost stuff that they're set up. Um, they they did actually make an alliance with the Kulturans. There are there's at least one Drost right now who's teaching them how to be druids. Yeah. And you meet him and talk to him. And the others are like, there's a whole bunch of dead ones that are currently, like, they're out there as a possibility. I can't can't see them wanting to side with either side, though. Because I don't think that they'd be like, yeah, let's go ahead and join the Alliance. They're those humans that came in here and destroyed us to begin with. Yeah, let's ally with them. I can't see them doing that. And I can't see them being at all, like, bothered or affected or... Like, I don't see... The thing with an allied race is is that whoever that ally is, they have to be somebody that either has sympathy or some sort of opinion about the current plight that's going on with the world, with the two factions that are at war. So they have to have some kind of stake or an investment in that. Or they have to be somebody that we have helped to a point where it's like, you owe us one. And I don't think that the Drust fits either of those criteria. You know what I mean? No, I understand what you're saying. Although I do think they have more of a tie to the Kulturans that could be used for it. Maybe. Because the ones that are, the, the living ones are still like actually allied to the Kulturans. At least one living one. Yeah, but and I think if the Drust showed up, it would just be as as like dudes that are there to help out the Druids. Because, I mean, the Drust are the one that taught the Kulturan Druids how to be Druids. Yeah, so... but it was called Tyrans in particular. But I, I just think they've at least more set up than, say, Mechanomes, who really don't have any set up that I can the think Mechanome of. The Mechanome thing doesn't really, like I said, that that one doesn't really gel in my head. There's not enough there. Um, I think that the Sethrak, you do help them as Alliance. You also help them as Horde, but you help them as Alliance. So I could see them going, okay, well, yeah, we'll help you guys out. You did us a solid and helped us out, that kind of thing. I could see that more than 
throwing in a mechanome for the sake of throwing in a mechanome. Nobody has ever asked for a mechanome model. Yeah, like you guys dark aren't even... Iron, people have been asking about the dark iron. They think the dark iron are pretty cool. They would like to make their dwarf look like a dark iron dwarf. So that, you know, logistically speaking, that kind of made sense. I don't think anybody was ever like, hey, I would like a robot gnome. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, though, my thing about the Sethrak is I have yet to see a Sethrak with a hat on. Yeah. And I know that that doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense, but I don't feel like Blizzard has spent any time figuring out how to put hats on those guys. The second is a playable race. Like the Volpera, they have fully customizable. You can you can dress them up in full-on gear. They're okay. all, they're set to go physically. But the Vol- Sethrak have a the Sethrak have an animation, an idle animation for the Heart of Azeroth, for using the Heart of Azeroth. But, even so, that doesn't necessarily. Why would they mean, have that? Why? Maybe in case you put on a disguise that disguises you as a Sethrak. Oh, that's right. I don't mm. know if there is such a disguise, um, but that doesn't matter. They they often code for that kind of thing. I just I don't know. I feel like the Sethrak are be really hard to do, but that doesn't mean that they can't do them, and that doesn't mean that they won't do them. I'm just I honestly feel like the problem the Alliance has right now is they don't really have a strong allied race to go with, like. The Horde has sort of been pulling up ones that made a lot of sense and were perfectly suitable, and the Alliance sort of ran out of them. Um, I, I honestly don't know. Like, the Alliance hasn't really done anything to help anybody who isn't another flavor of human in a while. Uh, so, yeah. Even the Void Elves felt kind of, huh? Where'd they come from? That was out of nowhere. But on the other hand, that proves that you can have an allied race that's sort of out of nowhere. So, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and find out. I mean, what I expect to hear from BlizzCon, because we haven't actually gotten like any kind of a clear definition on that yet, is when the Zandalar and the Kul'tirans will be available as an allied race. Because yeah, a lot of said, people have been gunning for that. and They said sometime in 8.1, didn't they? It, I think they did, but I don't think that they told us like any kind of like solid, here's when it's going to happen. And people have been kind of jonesing for that ever since the Zandalar and the Kul'tirians were announced, right? We we just, we didn't get any kind of like confirmation. So I feel like that's probably something that's going to at least be mentioned at BlizzCon. I don't know if it's going to be like a major announcement, ta-da, or anything, but... I think it's probably going to be mentioned. And then whatever allied races come beyond that, maybe we'll see a reference to those. But yeah, I just, I don't, I mean, the Volpera joining the Horde, yeah, that's an obvious, that's like an obvious thing. um, Because, you know, that's what you do when you're in Voldoon is you help them out. And by the way, they're so charming. I love them to bits, right? There's a, (laughs) there's um when you do the Volpera in in Voldoon, not only are they like the, the ones like, you know, the whole, Dolly and Dot song and stuff like that. But there's a lot of, like, they're very plucky. I actually felt really protective of them on my tour, and I felt like, you guys, maybe maybe don't let us help you, because stuff, stuff goes bad when we help. Maybe maybe go hide from us, but, but okay. Sure, we, we can we can do stuff. Yeah, you guys are scrappy fighters. Uh, but I can definitely see the Volpera joining the Horde. I just, I don't have as strong an idea of who could join the Alliance, to be completely fair. I just, it's just I just don't really have anybody that sticks out. I just, not. for me, Mechanomes just doesn't feel like quite it. I don't know. Maybe they could have a, cool, a really cool quest thing that does it. I don't know. But we'll find out. Um, probably should, there's, we, we know that there might be a new Overwatch hero, but we don't know much about them. Um, People do, are do banking any... on either a a new Overwatch hero announcement because there's been stuff going on. Um, I believe it's the um, Route 76 map 
Is that the yeah, one? Yeah, doesn't the, the payload open now? The payload is before. open, yeah, and it wasn't open before, and I think that's just on the PTR. I'm not, it might be on live now, I'm not sure. Um, I haven't been paying a lot of attention to Overwatch because I have a bunch of other stuff going on right now that kind of takes priority, but um, a lot of people have been suggesting that maybe there is something going to be going on because of the map that that is in that maybe we'll see some kind of McCree cinematic like you know how we saw Reinhardt cinematic and then yeah, it makes sense. because of Reinhardt cinematic we got Brigitte mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. yeah and so maybe we'll see something with McCree and McCree maybe with the deadlock gang and there's another hero in the wings waiting or something um, I could see that happening I would be really really happy with a McCree cinematic because we haven't we haven't gotten anything on that dude's history and he's so fascinating as a character because he was this guy that was working with an organization that was it was a bunch of bad guys like really bad guys overwatch took them down that's how bad they were and he was given a choice by uh reyes the choice was hey would you like to rot in prison forever or would you like to join Blackwatch? And McCree chose to join Blackwatch. And over the course of being in Blackwatch, like he went from this cynical dude who was a former member of this terrible gang to a guy that was just trying to amend for what he had done in the past, which was pretty great. But he did that he did that flip so eagerly and so, and he embraced it so much that, like, he was really gung-ho about doing the right thing. To the point where, when Reyes started getting a little shady, McCree was the one who was calling him on it. And going, hey, this isn't right. And that's coming from the dude who was formerly a member of the Deadlock Gang. So it's like, who is that guy? What makes that guy tick? Why did he join the Deadlock Gang to begin with? Like, who was he? So I'm kind of hoping that we see a McCree cinematic because I I really want to know more about that character. Yeah, that would that would be cool. Plus, you know, Matt, Matthew Mercer would get to do some stuff, and we all know he's amazing. So. Oh yeah. Um, we already talked about. We're pretty sure there's going to be a Hearthstone and uh, expansion announcement. Heroes um, of the Storm. I'm Heroes sure is going to have some new stuff to go over. They yeah, usually probably do. Probably new new characters or a new map or both. Um, they'll probably continue the, what they've been doing with the storyline, which I'm still a little confused by, but sure. Maybe they'll go into the storyline a little bit more and, and like actually like talk more about the lore. I would be okay with that because, like I said, uh, or I've said before, I, I appreciate what they're doing, but I don't know if I get it. Like I'm not quite as invested in it as I could be. So maybe they'll throw something at us at BlizzCon that'll like hook me in a little bit further, you know, that kind of thing. Nope, that would be cool. I, yeah. I... I share your feeling on that one. So, but yeah, we've talked about, about this. We should probably get on to doing some emails just, you know, because we have them and that's our job here at the show. Okay. But we have time for like one. Yeah. (laughs) That, that is what happens with us. So uh, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzard watch. So we know it's for this show Uh, and go pick one and read them for us. Um, Okay. Let's see. Let's talk. Let's go to the last one, actually, because this was something I was going to bring up while we were talking about stuff, and then I didn't get around to it, and I want to talk about it anyway. So this one is from Pidia, who says, Greetings, watchers. It is I, Pidia, Goblin, Elemental Shaman, Hydral US, and longtime patron. 
Blizzard recently added invasion events to the island expeditions, and this week's invasion, last week's invasion, was Black Dragons. Does this mean that Anne and her favorite dragon didn't do as good a job as they thought back in Cataclysm? What else might this mean for the lore moving forward? Thanks. Yeah, that's a thing, isn't it? Yep, that's a thing. That's that a could thing. mean a lot of things. Um, the thing that comes to mind for me is our old friend Sibelian. Yeah. Um, he never got destroyed. He was out in Outland uh, doing his thing. He's been there the whole time. He hasn't made an appearance since. And, you know, it. he certainly could come back. There's nothing stopping him from coming through the Dark Portal. I mean, we've been doing it. Um, next, Rexar got off of Outland and has gone on to do other things. Why not his buddy Sibelian? Uh, and we forget about Sibelian slash Sableman is that he was, you know, he was tied into both the Horde and Alliance. He had a lot of contacts. He could eventually have heard about this this new young black dragon and want to come see what all the fuss is about. And he'd still kind of be corrupt, wouldn't he? Maybe a little. I don't know. Because he's the last he's the last of the actual can prove there are the direct descendant children of Deathwing. Yeah, he's the last of the of the the um, the Neltharian bloodline. Um, Nefarian and Nexir are both gone. Well. Keep in mind that there is a quest that you can do from an item that drops. I believe it's in the island expedition. Um, and it's an unscarred black scale. I don't know if you've encountered this or not. I have not. Okay. So it's, a, it's, a, it's just an item that drops. And when you go to turn it in, it says that... Well, okay, the description on the thing, it says, an utterly pristine black dragon scale taken from the dragons you recently encountered. The black dragon flight was completely decimated following Deathwing's demise and Rathian's rise to power, yet the size indicates a younger dragon. There is one person, one dragon, that you know will want to hear of this, but where is Rathian? You surmise he may be someplace familiar, fortified, and abandoned. And you take that to... Black Rock Mountain, and you turn it into a Black Talon agent. And the Black Talon were the people that were helping Rathian out. So it's like there's no follow-up to it, by the way. It just happens. That's interesting. But what I find really interesting is you don't take it to Ravenhold, which is where you last saw Rathian when he, like, that. that's where he hatched. You take it to Blackwing Lair, what was going on in Blackwing Lair? <laughs> oh, well, what was going on before? Yes. Yeah. You had Nefarian trying to build a new Dragonflight. That's what he was doing there. That's what all the experiment rooms were for. That's why there all were the centrifuges all over the yeah. place. Is Rathian trying to do the same thing? Is he trying to build a purified black dragonflight? Or what's going on? And you don't talk to Rathian. You don't see Rathian. You talk to this black talent agent who says thanks. And that's that. That's the end of it. So something is going on. I'm just saying. Something is going on. What's going on? I don't know. But there's something going on. <laughs> um, And I don't know what that means for the lore going forward. But the fact that we have these invasions and the fact that there are black dragons showing up, despite the fact that, you know, Rathion clearly told us, hey, um, I got rid of them all. Yay. There's something going on. Ebonhorn showed us that that wasn't entirely true. Yeah. And Ebonhorn even said he wanted to have a conversation with him. 
Yeah, like the last time we saw Ebonhorn, he was leaving to go chit-chat with Rathian. The last time we saw Rathian was when we helped out Chromie, and where was he? At the Black Dragon Shrine. Right. So, there's pieces of a story here that haven't quite been pulled together yet, but as soon as those are pulled together, everybody's going to go, what just happened here? How did we miss all of this? All of the signs were super clear. And I feel like all of this ties into why Rathian helped Kairos with Draenor. Yep. I mean, one of the possibilities right there is that he was trying to get himself a supply of black dragon eggs. There's a reason we didn't get that backstory. There's a reason we weren't told. There's a reason that all we got was just a little diary entry and that was it. And there's a thread that's pulling all of this together. And I am looking into this because, of course, because I love Rathian. But, yeah, I don't have any answers just yet. However, it's got some really fascinating implications. You know, it just does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I guess that's it for our emails, huh? Yeah, that's going to wrap us up for emails because we're already running over time a little bit and we need to wrap up the show. Anyway, Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Ann. Uh, again, this has been Blizzard Watch. If you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch in there. Um, I'm going to quickly divert here. We're going to we're still planning to do the Saturday show, yes? Yeah, That's just a- so that you guys know with BlizzCon plans, we will probably be doing, we should be doing a uh, podcast on Saturday night as to what time. Not sure yet, but keep your eyes peeled because we should have a full schedule and... Um, once we have a schedule of who needs to be where writing what, then I'll be able to figure out when we can all settle down. We're not going to do it on Friday night because Friday night is the contest and everybody kind of wants to sit down and watch all of those. <laughs> but Saturday night is after the convention is over. So we're just going to do like a late night kind of casual podcast, talk about everything that we've seen at BlizzCon, what we think, what we think is coming up, you know, cover the big news, that kind of thing. And yeah, that's the thing that's going to happen. Also, Lore Watch will be recording as usual this week, and we'll be talking about probably the lore stuff that they mentioned at BlizzCon, because of course we will. All right. Well, thank you guys very much for listening. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. 